Everything stems from be grateful for how far you've come, put in the work to get to your next level, and then have patience to let it all play out. Gratitude, hard work, and patience is what we live by. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff. We hate that fluffy stuff, so we don't get into it. With us today, Rocco Montana. How you doing, Rocco? I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Rocco he has created a multifaceted real estate business from scratch in just over two years. He and his wife are active investors. He is an active realtor. He's an Airbnb super host. He is a house flipper and he is a multifamily investor. Raised over a million dollars in private capital to fund his flips in the first year and based in Boulder, Colorado. So with that being said, Rocco, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, absolutely. So my wife and I are both active realtors. I had success in a variety of different sales roles, different industries over a few years and got kind of tired of working hard and making everybody else money and getting a really small piece of the pie and figured I'd make a bigger pie and take small pieces. And that's kind of what drove me into real estate and multifamily is the future for me as well. Can't do any of this without my wife. She has a master's degree actually. She's managed eight-figure budgets for a private university. She worked for DU for a while and hundreds of employees. She's kind of the operations. I'm a little bit more of the face, but she's kind of like my right arm. I couldn't do anything without her. And we both come from sales. We met in a sales job together. And yeah, Airbnb was kind of our start a little bit. And I got licensed. She got licensed. We're passive investors. We're looking to syndicate our first deal this year as GPs. And yeah, where do you want to go from there? 
Well, I'd like to know how you raised a million dollars in private capital to fund your flips in the first year. That's a great question, and I'm happy to share. I'm going to write a book at some point when I build up a little bit more experience, and it's going to be something along the lines of creating success or creating your business one beer and coffee at a time. <laughs> so really, it really just comes from networking. My wife and I invested in a coaching program. Which one? Fortune Builders. Okay. So Dan Merrill started to do wholesaling, then do flipping, and then do buy and hold. And that helped me get in front of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then I created a meetup based here in Boulder. Actually, some of you might know who Adam Adams is. He created the Real Estate Lunch Club of Denver. I run the Creative Real Estate Lunch Club of Boulder. And honestly, it, actually, most of it came from there. My family was not my first investor, but I've got my family on board now, so that helps. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the meetups and getting out there. And it was so hard for me to believe even investing in something like Fortune Builders and meeting other successful people of varying degrees and varying asset classes in real estate. Where do you find your deals? Where do you find your capital? And they all say networking. It's underrated. And I think a lot of people even would, I would say, are kind of doing it wrong. There's not always an intention. They refer to it as edutainment. You take these classes, you go to these groups, you invest in these programs, and you're having fun and you're learning, but are you actually executing? Mm -hmm. And having an intention with networking, knowing who you're looking to meet, researching the group that you're going to see, the people that are going to be there, and having an, an intention and goal. I heard an interesting statistic not too long ago from one of the coaches I was working with. 95% of people never make a follow-up call after a meetup. I you believe know, it. Over all those business cards you hand out or receive, actually schedule a coffee or schedule a phone call, you're an overwhelming minority. Yeah, it's pathetic, but I believe that, that it's true, which is good and pathetic because people should do it, but it's good because people who do do it surprisingly, they stand out. They shouldn't, but they do because most people don't do that. So yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. It's those small things that can help. Let's get into a little bit of the specifics of that million dollars in your first year though. I hear you on, you joined Fortune Builders. You co-host a meetup. You're intentional when you are attending places to know what you're looking for. But now let's talk about the actual million dollars within your first year. How many people approximately did that comprise of? Honestly, a surprisingly few amount. It's only about four. Four people. Okay. So on average, 250 or was one person 900 and the others were a smaller amount? I've got one person over 500 and the other three compromised the other 500. Okay, cool. So you got one person at over 500, the other three over 100,000 each? One is at about 200. So yeah, roughly one is 200 roughly. and then two about 50. Okay. So you got someone investing a good chunk. You got another person investing about 200, 250, and then you got two others that are doing about 50K. All right. So how did you meet that person who has invested over 500? It's kind of the little things like we said earlier, Joe. It was, I tapped somebody on the shoulder. I was working with a hard money lender for a flip Mm -hmm. and timeline didn't work out even though the hard money lenders can close fast. I needed a little bit faster or I was going to lose the deal. I already had hard earnest money up and I tapped them on the shoulder after they were in my meetup for about a year and we built a relationship a little bit personally, but mostly meeting once a week. Now, this year, we're doing once a month or twice a month with Denver and Boulder in the meetup. And 
she had faith in me and gave me an opportunity. And that first deal, she lent first position, took out the whole loan, purchase price and repairs for 280000 And she's now in four other projects with us. So you approached her when you had a deal and the timeline wasn't working out with the other hard money lender? Did I hear that right? Yeah. So I clarified the difference between a hard and a private money lender okay. as a hard money lender is like an asset-based lender sure. that's typically a fund or something like that, private equity funds that focus on fixed and flip real estate. And a private money lender is exactly that, a private individual. A hard money lender, I was pre-approved. I'd work with them and I was kind of ready to go as my first big flip. I did a small flip, a little trailer house. I actually lent personally on it, a little experience from the lender side as well. And I just reached out and they were like, yeah, you know, we can't really quite move that fast. I thought they could. I tapped this woman on the shoulder who's become a close friend of ours as well, which is a part of our business. And she said, yeah, I'll help you out. You can secure me with a lien and a promissory note. And the returns sound awesome. Double digit annualized returns backed by insured hard assets. Yeah, that's, I mean. So path A wasn't working. Path B ended up working. You said you had known her for a year. How did you initially meet her? Through the meetup. Through Through the the meetup. Through the meetup that you were hosting? Yep. So you were hosting a meetup for how long, at least a year, I guess, prior to you doing this first big flip? January 18, I started my meetup and tapped this lender on the shoulder in July or August. And this was a weekly meetup. She was a regular attendee. She manages a small portfolio of condo rentals in Boulder. And she was looking for more passive opportunities. Mm-hmm. She was self-managing so many units and it was a lot of work. She was kind of doing 30, 60, 90 day rentals because they have short-term rental regulations in Boulder and Denver. So she couldn't do the nightly stuff. And it was a lot of work and she had some capital and she took a chance. My sales experience definitely helped. Sales and negotiation and being able to communicate with people and articulate your point and a value proposition and stuff guys like you and I do all the time when raising capital or meeting new partners. Mm-hmm. she was into it. And in January, when you started your meetup, did you start it as a result of something else taking place to give you the idea to start it? So Adam Adams, who is a multifamily syndicator himself, based out of Denver, started the Creative Real Estate Lunch Club of Denver. And he wanted to expand it to other places. And we know that Boulder is a pretty affluent area. Denver is a fairly affluent city as well. And he said, well, why don't you kind of take lead and and host a Boulder chapter, if you will? And he was doing every week on Thursdays through 2016 and 17, maybe just 2017 even. And then in 2018, I started in Boulder. Another guy started in Fort Collins, and they tried to start one in Colorado Springs. Today, it's just Denver and Boulder that still exist. Okay. So you're holding strong, and you have seen the benefits of doing it. So I'm glad that we dug in there. What value did you see for starting that meetup in Boulder that perhaps others did not? The value we see is providing value to others and meeting other people. So it's like a two-way street, right? We provide value first, create something that brings people together. Our format was a different speaker every week, all different sorts of real estate, no sales pitches, no sign up for my consulting program, no buy my book, just I'm a specialist in 1031 exchanges. We're going to talk about that for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm a specialist in multifamily syndication. We're going to talk about that. I flip, et cetera, et cetera. 
And we did that and it brought people together to talk about real estate, people that were interested in real estate. And then the other side is I knew by providing value first that in some way, shape or form, even with not a clearly defined goal at the time, I would receive value in return. It's karma, if you will. Maybe call me a bolder hippie, if you will. (laughs) But it's just karma and putting good energy out there and helping other people and bringing people together. And that comes back twofold, and, and it has in a short time. Segwaying to something else unrelated, your Airbnb super host, how much Airbnb stuff do you do right now? We have two properties listed, six different listings with just two properties. So that could definitely be a fairly long conversation in itself. It is mildly passive. We Airbnb our condo in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my wife and I literally sleep on our couch and rent out our two bedrooms. Another thing that people think we're nuts, but it's temporary and it's helping us get to our other goals and it just generates enough revenue that it's worth it. And we have a nice couch in front of the fireplace. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we've been doing that for about two and a half, maybe three years now, over 500 guests, 260 stays, maintaining that super host rating. So we're in the top tier of feedback. And we got into that because we did Uber and Lyft for a little while. While starting out, just being young, newly married business owners, it was difficult to kind of just keep food on the table, especially because real estate has a bit of a longer sales cycle. Mm-hmm. As you know, and most of the best effort listeners would know, it's not a weekly paycheck like the nine to five deal. And there wasn't a lot of value in it, dollars versus time. And Airbnb really gaining popularity about three years ago. We figured we'd try it with one bedroom. Then we tried it with two bedrooms. Then we actually put our whole house on instant book after we had purchased another property that was actually a bad partnership. We bought a partner out, ended up keeping the asset. Supposed to be a buy and hold, like a Burr method. We were going to buy it, renovate it, refinance it, rent it, repeat. And it didn't work out so well with the partner. We bought it, found it was in a floodplain after the fact. Standard rent wasn't really going to cover, long-term rent was going to cover the nut. So now we Airbnb that house as well, which in our experience, Airbnb brings in one and a half to two times what long-term rent does. In terms of profits or in terms of income? Gross income. So gross income is typically one and a half to two times for short-term rentals than it is for long-term rentals. And I wish I could cite where I'm getting some of the data from, but there's also less wear and tear on short-term rentals. People show up, they shower, they shave, they sleep, and they go out, especially in Boulder, Denver. They're not showing up. We learned the hard way through a certain price point. You get the people that come to Colorado to smoke weed and sit on your couch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can't go less than $50 a night. (laughs) Or you're going to get that clientele. More than $50 a night per bedroom. People come, they go out to dinner, they go to a show, they go to a conference, they go to CU. Their kids are there for graduation or show in town. And it's endless. The amount of stuff and to do with Boulder. And then they and come sleep on your couch? No, they sleep in bedrooms. My wife and I sleep on our queen-size pull-out couch. Ah, got it. You two sleep on your couch and they sleep in your bedrooms. And you said you had six listings with two properties. Just help me with that math. Yeah. So we have a whole house listing uh-huh. in Boulder. And then we have two individual bedroom listings. So either you get a private bedroom in a shared house or you get a private two-bedroom condo. And then the other property has three bedrooms. We actually keep one bedroom for ourselves. So we do a lot more sleeping in that bedroom now than on the couch. (laughs) So we have two separate bedrooms there that we rent out. 
plus the whole house listing. Mm -hmm. So two houses, these two bedrooms for rent could actually be six listings as individual bedrooms or as whole house listings. The calendars sync up. So if one's blocked, you can't get the other one, et cetera, et cetera. Let's go back to the million dollars in the first year of flipping. We talked about the first person. What about the second person who's brought about 250 or so? How'd you meet him or her? The second person was actually family. That's okay. uh, a successful investor in their own right. They created a business, did really well. We showed them that we were executing on the bigger vision. We actually approached family first when we first started, like invested in fortune builders. And some people hear the term friends, family, and fools. You know, so you started off. With- <laughs> yeah, I've never heard, never heard that before. Oh yeah, you start off with friends and family, and they're like, "Yeah, that sounds really great. Show us something." Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, I've invested in this education program and pamphlets and brochures, and it's a little blue sky thinking, if you will. It will work out." And once we started to do deals, then a family member was like, "Cool, I'm there for you." Obviously, they get a rate of return, just like any other private investor. So it's mutually beneficial. What's something that has gone wrong in your path so far in the last couple of years in real estate? Something that has gone wrong is I let a small amount of earnest money go hard and lost it because I had enough information to be dangerous, but not enough to complete the execution. Part of it might've been fear at the time. So one of my first deals, I lost my earnest money in a single family house, $2,500. But when you're starting out and you've only got so many resources, my wife and I were still both working full time. It hurt, but we got through it because we also did a wholesale in the same day and made 16000 So we didn't feel it as bad. Airbnb, we had our first negative experience with guests about two months ago. Literally trashed the whole room. We had to replace linens, pillows, carpet, even the mattress we threw away. I don't know what they were doing, but Airbnb covered almost all of it, which was really cool, which not everybody can say. Were you staying there with them at the time? We were staying there. They were in the bedroom. We smelled something funny. Definitely wasn't marijuana. And we addressed it. We tried to not be judgmental of the people based on when they approached. It was a last minute booking. We don't get a lot of them. Talking like same day. We have a cutoff at 9 p.m. So you can book at 8.50. Hey, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Mm. And our success came from kind of being a little loose in the beginning with the guidelines and letting people come in. Now we've tightened it up a little bit and we haven't seen any lack of business because we have great reviews and great experience. Yeah, they trashed the whole room. I don't know what they were doing. And it was a bit of a nightmare because it's our primary residence in Boulder where we live. And it was just like, oh my gosh. We had other bookings and we just kind of gritted our teeth and bear it. Being in flipping and stuff, we were able to get the carpet replaced in 12 hours. We made a phone call and a guy showed up with four samples and ripped out the carpet and redid it. And we own a design company, JMix Design, my wife and a girlfriend of hers. Started that, it helps with staging and design in our flips and as our retail brokers, as real estate agents, which is kind of our day-to-day stuff, puts food on the table today while we build our long-term future in multifamily and flipping and all that. And that was pretty crazy. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? It might be life advice, but gratitude, hard work, and patience is something my wife, Jamie, and I live by. Everything stems from be grateful for how far you've come put in the work to get to your next level and then have patience to let it all play out. Gratitude, hard work, and patience is what we live by. I like it. I think that is a wonderful recipe in my humble opinion. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am ready. 
All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. The Corporate Investor Podcast is geared towards successful corporate employees with high-income jobs looking to create a second stream of income. You'll hear from successful real estate investors on the show as they describe how they got started investing while working their full-time corporate job. Listen and subscribe at thecorporateinvestor.com. That's thecorporateinvestor.com. Okay, best ever book you've recently read? Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss about the strategy of negotiation and a lot of psychology around it. A a former hostage negotiator with the FBI wrote this book. Again, Chris Voss, he's got great stuff on YouTube. I believe he's in a TED Talk. Fantastic book on negotiation. Yeah, he's been a guest on this show as well. Best ever listeners, you can just search Chris Voss, Joe Fairless, and you can listen to that interview. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about already? Being too personal almost, not wanting to give bad feedback to a client because of fear of their reaction. And I think we could have served that client better by being a little bit more direct. It's a deal we actually never fully executed on. It was a listing. We were selling a property for somebody and they were in a difficult situation. And I was more concerned with the emotion as opposed to just being like, hey, we're professionals. This is what we do. This is our experience. And this is the next steps to get to success based on your wants and needs. And we didn't handle that appropriately. What's the best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I have done is marrying my wife, Jamie. (laughs) Punching outside my weight class, as they say. She's just a phenomenal woman, business partner and friend. But I got a kind of little bit of a shameless plug for the love of my wife there. Speaking of wives, mine, as you probably saw, was coming in and out. She was wonderful enough to make me lunch, so uh, she did not know we were doing video. (laughs) (laughs) If you can rewind it, anyone watching on YouTube, you'll see her expression as soon as she realized we were doing video, and she was not aware of that. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? My wife and I are CASA advocates, so that's the court-appointed special advocate program. It's in a lot of counties, a lot of states. I don't know how big it is, but we are the only non-biased, one-case-focused advocate for children of victims of abuse and neglect. So 0 to 18 years old, the judge here in Boulder County likes to have a CASA appointed. So unlike a therapist or a lawyer or a caseworker or a social services person, we're not trying to fit these kids in a box. We just meet with them at a minimum of once a month. My wife and I pride ourselves on more than that figure out kind of what their needs are on a human level. We only get one case at a time. And then we report back to the court, kind of like a mentoring program guidance, if you will. But we're really passionate about helping out our community. I've got some family that had some kind of issues with drug abuse, and we don't need to get into that. But it's a really personal way for us to give back. My wife loves it. I love it. And we just like to help other people. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? jrockproperties.com, Jamie and Rocco, J-R-O-C, properties, plural.com. You can also reach me directly. I'll give you my cell phone even, 908-420-4052. I would love to talk to any of you about investing, real estate, life, 
whatever. Networking, small things make such a big difference, like I said. Well, Rocco, thank you for being on the show, talking about your journey, talking about how you got into it. And over the last couple of years, how for the year one, you raised a million bucks, how you did that while you started a meetup, started to add a whole lot of value to people on a weekly basis. I think there's a key there. It's not only that you started a meetup with a friend of yours or an extension of a friend of yours, Adam Adams, but you did it weekly. And then when you had an opportunity and really a challenge, but then also an opportunity for someone to partner with you, you had the network already built and you simply offered an opportunity where it was mutually beneficial. And now fast forward year after that ish, if I'm getting the timeline correct, then she's brought over $500,000 to your deals and you have other investors who have as well. So I know that's important to talk about as well as interesting stuff about Airbnb I did not think about the shorter term rentals have less wear and tear than longer term. And I agree with that. I know you talked about the horror story with people doing meth or crack cocaine or whatever the heck they were smoking. Wasn't pot apparently, according to you. But I agree. Short term rentals probably would have less wear and tear. And I never thought about that. I think it's counterintuitive. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Joe. The Corporate Investor Podcast is geared towards successful corporate employees with high-income jobs looking to create a second stream of income. You'll hear from successful real estate investors on the show as they describe how they got started investing while working their full-time corporate job. Listen and subscribe at thecorporateinvestor.com. That's thecorporateinvestor.com.